We are back with another episode of How About Them Celtics. Sam and I are here recording Friday, September 15th uh, in the depths of summer. Ready to talk about more stuff that we just, I don't even know anymore. Uh, this is, it's it's getting worse every time. I, every time I jump on here, I expect to say, oh, we got, we actually found some stuff. But after the, the fifth time. We need to stop introing our shows stuff. like you guys, this sucks. Don't listen to it. Because <laughs> no, that's what do we do every time now. <laughs> Oh man, I just can't wait for basketball to be back, man. We're closer than I think we realize. Like we're f- like we're less two than a weeks month. away from training camp, essentially. Yeah. Oh, look at that! Wow, Sam's camera decided to uh, do something funky right now. Is do we need do we need to cut this or you're still here, right? I can hear you. Yeah, I'm here. I can hear. Wow, you. I don't know. <laughs> Quite the interesting uh, camera setup there, but I, I think we'll keep on rolling and just go this through. This is it. the other one, <laughs> but. <laughs> I'm I'm sure leave this in for the YouTube audience because this is this is entertaining at this point. Sam's camera angles taking a Whoa, trip down uh now confusion lane. Is is this computer okay? I don't know. But this is this is better than the intro of saying don't listen to our podcast. So I'm gonna I'm gonna leave this. <laughs> this is gonna be our sure content is. for the intro. Uh Sam's trying to figure that out, but no, we're like a month away from the season starting. I think it starts the 17th or 18th, and we're recording this on the 15th, like I said. So we're getting there. We're inching closer and closer. We appreciate the comments and stuff because you guys are still like the people who watch us consistently are still watching. So we appreciate you. And anybody new, please uh stick stick around. We we will be continuing this schedule during the regular season. I think our well, while Sam gets his camera back in order, I think our game plan as of now to give you guys some insight into what we're thinking for the season is still doing full podcasts. There, Sam's back for the YouTube audience. I Fox think we're going to still do our uh, <laughs> still do our full podcasts Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday every week, and then we're going to be doing game recaps for every game. But it's just going to be <clears throat> we obviously for a Thursday podcast we record on Wednesday. Say the game is on the Thursday, we'll just record a video reacting to the game as a solo video for Friday. So it, but, but if the game is on Wednesday, you'll get that at the intro of the Thursday pod. So you'll get a game recap for every game. It'll just depend. Will it be a short video on the YouTube channel or will it be a part of the larger podcast? But regardless, you'll get our takes on every game. But that, I think that's what we're thinking just so we can stick to the Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday schedule because people are used to it at this point, except probably in the playoffs. We'll go back to post game pods because the, it's the playoffs. You got to do post game pods for the playoffs, but, Anyways, getting into the, some of the stuff we have for the show today. Candace Parker spoke with friend of the show, Bobby Kravitsky of Sports Illustrated of Inside the Celtics uh, about a bunch of stuff uh, titled Candace Parker on Celtics trading Marcus Smart, maximizing Tatum Brown, uh, Pat Summit, and the Sports Matter Initiative. So uh, obviously Candace Parker, WNBA legend at this point, won a title a couple of years ago. I know with the Chicago Sky uh, just gave her thoughts on the current state of the Celtics. First, first thing Bobby asked her, shaking up the core, trading Marcus Smart, bringing Porzingis in. And Candace Parker said, sometimes in a championship pursuit, there are some things that are unpopular decisions, but much needed. I don't think you could have come back with the same core. You needed to keep Jalen. You needed to keep Jason. And I think the Celtics have struggled from that four or five position in the playoffs. <clears throat> Anytime you're able to have somebody like Chris Stops, who is able to step out and knock down the three, I think it will give them more space on offense that already creates and makes you make choices. So I personally like it on the offensive end. I think it's to be determined defensively because I think that's where they'll miss Marcus Smart the most. But like I said, basketball isn't about pitching shutouts. It's about scoring buckets. So I actually have Jason Tatum as my MVP this year. I think he's going to come in and make a splash. It's about time. So 
she, she, I think that's kind of the perspective that we've come to. It's can they make up for Marcus Smart at the defensive end? But the talent is clearly the upside of the trade because as much as you love Marcus Smart, as much as people in Boston love to Marcus Smart because of how much time he spent here, <clears throat> there's not really an argument as to who the better player is. It's just a matter of fit now and making it work. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about this trade into the ground all summer. Um, yeah, sure. If they win a title, great. If not, then uh, I'm going to be mad as hell. Of course. It's, it just I'm just win. giving you so much. <clears throat> the <Sorry>. better win. <laughs> uh, Candace Parker also talked about the Tatum-Brown tandem, which has been a, a topic in the past. Um, <clears throat> Bobby said, I'm curious if you agree with that. There's another level they can reach. Uh, what do you think the key to maxing them, maximizing having both of them on the floor together is? Candace Parker said, I think the key is that the others, the key is the others because the way I saw them grow up the previous year, they were sharing the ball. I think the previous year was a lot of ISOs, and I think that got them in trouble a little bit. I, th- I think this past year, uh, at the end, and the end of the previous season, they were sharing the ball a lot more, and then the ball would find them on the way back. Um, but I also think it's the way the ball falls. Talked about how Porzingis can help them, you know, as a third option. Uh, and then she talked about how the Warriors, how it took them a little bit to figure out their rotations as well. Uh, Curry and Thompson on court, adding KD, all that stuff, finding the right touches, uh, basically saying that just the pieces around them will help them maximize the two talents together. I know we talked about how Jalen Brown can improve his his passing and stuff like that on a recent video or a video that will come out. Um, spoiler alert. But I, I just think both of them being able to... I. I think what she said about them improving this past year is true because you did see them play, make a little bit more, make plays for others. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's been a hot topic of conversation for the past three years at this point, even though they've made the conference finals twice. Yeah, the other guys certainly are important. She has a great point. When you think of why the Celtics struggled in the Eastern Conference Finals, we talked about it a little bit throughout our recording session yesterday. Al Horford wasn't himself. Malcolm Brogdon was injured. Other guys did not hold their uh, level of play up to standard compared to what it was in the regular season. And it really hurt the rest of the team. Even Jalen Brown, how he took a step back because he hurt his hand or didn't hurt his hand and all of a sudden was dribbling into five people at once. The change really, really hurt them. If Al Horford isn't able to make threes, They can leave him, and they can just send another defender at Tatum. They can send all five at Brown. If Brogdon's out there like you saw him in Game 7 and he's useless, that will turn the tide of a game. So the other guys are absolutely important. The Celtics did an okay job of trying to reshape the roster in a way that takes pressure off of Tatum and Brown. Like mentioned, Porzingis is going to be an interesting addition because his game's a little bit different than the other other guys. He's more than just a stand there, catch and shoot player. He's going to hopefully get you points out of the post and help you become a better half court offense, which to me is the most intriguing thing they've done all summer. The most important improvement they could have made. And hopefully it makes them a better team down the stretch of games because since they've had this group, they really have not been very good down the stretch. Since the bubble, they have not been good. They've been terrible. Because they can't play in half court. And that's what it comes to when the game's close as the clock ticks down. Mm -hmm. And like you said, Porzingis is going to help that. I think having that extra 
option to run out of the post, having him as a third scoring option. Um, he's another jump shooter, but he he scores in a different way to Jason and Jalen. And I think that's been one of the biggest things that's been talked about when it comes to those two guys. They both score the same way. They both play the same way. So can they play together? Uh, make sure to go check out the rest of Bobby's article. He had Candace Parker talking about uh, a bunch of other stuff. Pat Summit, Las Vegas Aces, bunch of stuff. Uh, but I don't want to spoil the whole article, so we're going to throw you over there just to support friend of the show, Bobby Koretsky, who you'll undoubtedly hear me talk about plenty of times <laughs> throughout the season. Um, but next thing is uh, something we got from the comments. Philip Hart, who is a serial commenter on all of our videos, comments like on all of them. We, we appreciate sell you. serial commenter shirts <laughs> eventually. I like that. Once we That's get like actually going. a good shirt that would sell to people that mm-hmm. don't even listen to us. Way to get Ratless t-shirts. We, we've dropped the ball on that. It's been a minute. Uh, but Philip Hart commented when we were asking for potential topic ideas for videos, but we decided to put this in the podcast instead because I think it makes a little more sense as a segment rather than a standalone video. Uh, he called it the What Would Brad Do series. Basically, he asked, uh, gave us a bunch of scenarios, I should say. Mm. And what would Brad do in those scenarios? Talking about how I like to speculate Brad's moves because I think he's not super predictable. As you've seen, a lot of the moves Brad has made, which not talked about at all. Outside of the Al Horford move, which I know a lot of people are saying like, oh, do this, do this. No one saw Derek White coming. No one saw Brogdon coming. No one saw a lot of these moves coming. So what would Brad do in these certain scenarios? So we have four of them, uh, and we're going to go over them and see what do you think Brad would do in that instance? The first one being, if the Celtics are barely above 50 at the trade deadline, I assume that means barely above 500 at the trade deadline. What would Brad do? My answer, probably see if there are any pieces available, but I don't know how much improvement there is to make on this roster without shaking up the core significantly, i.e. trading Brogdon, trading Rob, trading one of these guys that you you would even consider trading because you're not trading the Jays, you're not trading Porzingis, you're not trading Al, you're not, you know what I'm saying? Like, <clears throat> you're not probably not trading Derek White either. There's very little room for for movement in terms of trades in this core unless you are seriously changing things. And if the Celtics are barely above 500, I could see them saying, okay, let's test the market for Brogdon. Let's test the market for Rob, maybe see what we can do. But it would have to be the absolute perfect trade for Brad to consider that because even if they are just a little bit above 500, you've seen what this team can do when they get hot. And you saw what happened, not not to compare it to, to the Heat as because we know the Heat you know, was frustrating last year. But the Heat were barely above 500 at the deadline last year. And you saw what they could do once they got all their guys on the court and it's clicking. True. So I, I think it would be explore the market, see if the perfect deal is out there. But if it's not, keep rolling and hope the Celtics get hot at the right time because that's all it takes in the NBA nowadays. So. My guess would be he's starting to scrape together. He's he's going to try and consolidate some of those mm. extra pieces. We talked about it last time. They have a zillion guys off the bench that can play the forward spot. Mm-hmm. I'd imagine some of them could become expendable in February if they need to be. Brad also has a zillion second-round picks. And if they really, really think something isn't working, Al Horford is making 10, or is he at 10 million yet? Is the extension yeah. kicked in yet? So he's at that much money like Horford and maybe Jordan Walsh and some picks or something could get you a serviceable return to add another piece to your rotation. If you're struggling, if that's what you think the problem is, I think if the Celtics are barely above 500 at the trade deadline, there's probably a bigger problem than just, oh, they just are missing one piece. Like, no, the Celtics are very top heavy. They have a great established top three. They also have good supporting players. But the end of the bench isn't all that impressive. So 
if you really, really think you're only going to be 500 because you're missing one piece, that's not going to be the case. You have enough to make you a good team as is. It's it's not going to be a simple, oh, yeah, okay, go get, uh, let's just say, Aaron Gordon. Not that he's available, but that's just a move I happen to think of when Denver did that a couple years ago. Yeah, I get that. And bleeding into the next uh, scenario that Philip posed to us, another thing that could keep them from being their best version of themselves is an injury. Uh, and his question was, if Rob, Al, or KP has a season-ending injury, what would Brad do? Probably something similar. Probably seeing, <clears throat> can I package Pritchard and a bunch of these little pieces into a reliable center? Or can I trade Brogdon for a reliable center and a lower tier point guard so you have depth in multiple positions? Kind of leveraging those trade pieces into getting a center. Or just playing the other two more and, and relying on Cornette and, and playing small ball more. Running Jordan Walsh and Sam Hauser out there more and only running one center. So I think there's a bunch of options for that one. Obviously, this is knock on wood. <clears throat> worst case scenario. Um, but I think that's the reason you have all three of them is so that you don't put them at bigger risk for those injuries. I think you can manage the minutes a little bit with all three of them there. So, uh, but if it does happen, leverage the trade assets, see if you can get something else or just play small ball more. I think if Rob Al or Christoph Porzingis is a season ending injury, Brad Stevens will become the Wolverine meme where he's laying in bed, looking at the photo and it's Grant Williams. They'll miss Grant <laughs> Williams in that situation because he was yeah. going to be the fourth rotational big man if he was to stick around he wasn't going to see a ton of regular minutes probably wouldn't have seen a ton of playoff minutes which is partially why he probably didn't end up back here but with all of that being set aside just from a financial standpoint paying grant williams 13 million dollars a year is not the worst thing ever for what you get from him with how the cap is expanding it's not going to handicap you in the future at least it shouldn't Grant's a fine player. As much as I like to make fun of him, plays decent defense. He can shoot threes at a pretty high clip. He's ideally the perfect role player in today's NBA. And you let him walk over a cheap price, which was essentially what they were trying to offer him in the early extension talks. So yeah, simple answer. He'll look back and be like, damn, I wish Grant Williams was still on the team. Actual trade break glass in case of emergency answer. Probably does scrap together as much as he can, little second round picks, and see if he can bring in some help. Perhaps Kenneth yeah. Fareed. <laughs> Maybe just Kenneth for Fareed. free. And Sam said it, not me. You can't blame me for liking Gray Williams too much anymore. And also, uh, if it happens early enough, he can use the disabled player thing to do something. This is true. Yeah. Also true. Uh, and you also, I mean, it's not as good, but you do have Grant William TPE and a million second round picks. So you could get like Bless a. Up. a lower rotation piece guy for that. Uh, I think a similar answer for this one, if White and Brogdon can't reliably run the offense, you trade Brogdon for someone that maybe can. You Maybe you trade Bro maybe you trade Brogdon for TJ McConnell and Daniel Tice. Perhaps Markel Fultz. <laughs> Perhaps Markel Fultz. Um, it's just, it's going to be the same answer. You, you trade them for a guy that maybe you think can, or you spread out the depth a little bit, but I'm not too worried about that. Or if you want an answer outside of trades, Jason Tatum runs the offense more, or you run more through your stars uh, instead of those two guys. Because realistically, as much as Marcus Smart did a phenomenal job two years ago, they kind of took the ball out of his hands again a little in last year. Jason Tatum had the ball a lot more. Um, Jalen Brown had the ball a lot more. And so I think you'll see those guys get the ball even more now, even though I think Derek White and Malcolm Brogdon will have the chance to run the offense. 
Yeah, I don't really love the heliocentric offense. You see it with Luka. Mm. You see it with Trey Young. You're starting to see it kind of with Tatum, but in a lesser way. I think think the Celtics do a good job of moving the ball around because they have so many mouths to feed. They kind of have to. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't always stick with Tatum, but there are times when it does. And I really, really hope that doesn't become the solution if White and Brogdon aren't good enough. I don't really know who's out there without like just being like, go get Fultz, who is fine. He's not anything super special, but he's fine. In terms of guys that could run your offense and take over. Is Ricky Rubio healthy? Isn't he? No, he's stepping away from the game for a bit. He's taking a breather. That's a real thing. He's mentally exhausted. There's all like, seriously, like who's out there off the top of your head that you could be like, oh, wow. Yeah, that guy. He, he could run the offense. He would really be good pulling the strings. I don't think there are a lot of guys like that anymore. Sounds dumb. Like, do you guys like try and go like get Russell Westbrook? Is that yeah. somebody you try and get? Like, he's heliocentric in in some degree. I think just in today's NBA, the ball is always going to be in the star's hand, and I think that's probably the best place. Do you for hope you want Chris the ball Paul gets hands. bought out? Like, no. I, I think you you. I'd rather the ball in Jason Tatum's hands, and I think Derek White will have the chance to run the offense for a lot of it, but. That's just the way today's NBA is, and Tatum's grown as a playmaker because of that, and I think Brown hopefully will do the same. So, um, The last what-if Philip posed to us. What if Embiid becomes available at the deadline? <clears throat> um, Brad probably makes an offer of... Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets, guaranteed. Plus... All customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube in YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use and you can be on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 21 plus in present in Massachusetts. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at fanduel.com slash sportsbook. Hope is here. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start, gamesensema.com, or call 1-800-GAM-1234. NFL Sunday ticket offer ends September 18th, 2023. No refunds. Terms and embargoes apply. $100 off NFL Sunday ticket, not YouTube TV. YouTube TV base plan required to watch YouTube TV. Redemption requires a Google account and current form of payment. Commercial use excluded. Subscription renews. Cancel anytime. Whatever he can. They cannot trade Jalen Brown this season because they just extended him. He cannot be traded until next summer. So it would have to be like Brogdon, Robert Williams, Pritchard, and a bunch of random pieces. Or Kristaps Porzingis and a bunch of random pieces. But one, the Celtics are not going to have the best offer because they don't have the young assets. They have the draft capital, but they don't have the young assets. And two, I don't think the Sixers would trade him in division as much as I don't think that's a, as big of a deal anymore. When you have these type of massive trades, I think they'd rather trade him either out West or to a team. They won't have to play three, four times a year. I think if Embiid becomes available at the deadline, Brad Stevens will hope he doesn't get traded to an Eastern conference contender. 
<laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> that's all you can do. I don't Hope think he doesn't the Celtics go have to the conference. They don't have the chips mm-hmm. to make it happen, unfortunately. No. Not right now, they don't. Maybe no. next summer, if you really want to get rid of Jalen, which I don't think they're going to. I just think it would be a bad look at this point, especially with Adam Silver coming out earlier in the week and being like, I want teams and players to honor the contract. Like that's kind of going back to the whole, well, players should be able to request trades because teams can just trade them and then they're gone and they didn't want to leave. Just like teams don't really want to trade guys who are under contract. So it goes both ways. I don't think Jalen's going to get traded. That's my long way way of saying that. I don't think Embiid will be on the Celtics. So yeah, all he can really do is hope it doesn't, end up screwing the Celtics where a team gets more talented and it hurts. What's the worst case scenario trade team for Joel Embiid? For the Celtics? The Heat? No, maybe. I I don't really know because I can't see Miami trading for him with Bam. Like, that doesn't make sense for me. Sure. I I almost say, like, Atlanta. That would be kind of bad. Do you think they would trade Bam for Embiid? I don't know. I think Bam is like a more he's like a better big man for their system, if that makes sense. Okay. I understand. I think either of the New York teams would be the one the most realistic and two annoying because I would be annoyed if he was on the Knicks. Mm-hmm. I think both of those teams they wouldn't necessarily be annoying in the sense that I think they would challenge the Celtics like as one of the best teams in in the East, I think they would rise, but I think they would just be on the same level that the Sixers were with Embiid and Harden and Maxi, right? Because it's it would just be Embiid and Brunson and Randall and Barrett, or or not even Barrett, he'd probably be in the trade, or Embiid and Mikael Bridges. That would actually be kind of nasty if he got traded and played with Mikael Bridges. Um, but those are the only two. Other than that, I don't think there's much that I would see as too <clears throat> too bad. Atlanta, like you said, maybe, but I don't know. We'd have to see. Atlanta might have one of the better packages for him because if they were to go after him, they realistically could get rid of one of the guards and be okay because they're bringing such a talented player. Then they have okay supporting pieces they could throw into. What if Toronto says, hey, we'll give you like OG Ananobi and Gary Trent or Scotty Barnes even, then you pair him with the other one of those two and Pascal Siakam. They have enough where they can make a move happen. Like, I think they only owe one draft pick, and it's for the Giacca Pirtle trade. Hmm. I don't know. <clears throat> Interesting. But the point is, I don't think the Celtics have the assets to make that happen. Um, unfortunately, because I would love Joel Embiid <laughs> in Boston. But, anyways, next thing Greg Swartz, I believe it was, uh, of Bleacher Report, floated Derek White as a most improved player candidate for the upcoming season. And I, uh, I love Derek White. Basically, he said, He'd be a little old because he's going to be 29 um, or he turned 29 this summer. But Daryl Armstrong was 30 when he took it home in 99. Talked about how Derek White's going to be taking over the point guard role now that Marcus Smart's gone. Uh, in his 70 starts last season, what averaged 13 points, four rebounds, four assists, and shot 39.4 from three. His chances of winning could be assisted by the Celtics' success, especially if Boston leads the NBA and wins and secures the number one seed. Brogdon earned his sixth man of the year honors last year, but playing for a winner obviously helps. Part-time starter for the majority of his career, White should have his best year as a starting point guard in a loaded Celtics team with championship aspirations. I said earlier uh, this summer, I think White's going to average 15, 5, and 5, and I think there's room for him to average more than that, especially when you consider Porzingis probably is not playing an 82-game season. 
Tatum and Brown probably aren't going to play 82 games, even though they might get close. And Derek White, out of anybody on the Celtics roster, seems likely to play 82 games. Why? Because he fucking did it last year. Yeah. So well, I think he has a real chance. Gonna, he's going to be too tired. No, I think he has I a real think chance to put up good numbers. The last bullet on the sheet here, pointing out who is a part-time starter for the majority of his career. He also played alongside other point guards, kind of something you've talked about in the past, Murray, Marcus Smart, so on. Yep. Um, He's going to have so many different weapons at his disposal to set up for assists. You could really see those assist numbers jump up even higher than five assists a game, maybe, maybe six or seven, depending on how they want to use them. When White first got to the Celtics after being traded here, he was putting out some pretty passes very early on. There was a Hawks game. It was an ABC primetime Sunday game. And he was whipping the ball around like it was nobody's business. He looked excellent. It was one of the things that excited me right away when he joined the team because I was a Josh Richardson guy. I was heated. Not heated, heated, but I was like, damn. Like, that guy was just about as good as it gets. How are you going to get better than him? And Derek White has proved to be a staple of Boston's successful core. He's bald now. That, too. He is. I forgot about that. (laughs) Yeah. So that could all play into it. I am very interested to see how I am interested to see how he does in his first ever keys to the car starting point guard full-time yeah. role. Because you saw the same thing with Marcus Smart when he first became the starting point guard. Before he got that opportunity, he wasn't doing a whole lot special. He wasn't doing anything more than Derek White has done since he's joined the Celtics. Once he actually got the chance to distribute the ball, to run the offense, that's when things took a step up for him. And he really started to impress people. He won defensive player of the year. The Celtics took a leap. If Derek White is able to grow in the same way, that could benefit the Celtics so much because they would have given up Marcus Smart, who was a key distributor for them last year. He had flashes of looking excellent. So did Derek White. He had three straight games of 10 assists, one player of the week in February. Mm -hmm. To where it could elevate the Celtics again because they got Porzingis for Smart, who essentially was a surplus as much as we all love him. There were three point guards on this team that were all around the same level. It was a conversation throughout the season last year. Now one of them's gone, and you have an all-star caliber big guy who can help you in the half court. That could also go on to Derek White's legacy if he's able to carry the torch. Yeah, I agree. And you look at the stats of you know Derek White on the Celtics without Marcus Smart playing or Derek White on the Celtics without um, – or excuse me, Derek White on the Spurs without Jontae Murray. He averaged around five assists in each of those spots, and like Sam said – it's not like Marcus Smart was putting up 10 assists tonight when point cards weren't playing before he needed the opportunity first to get used to the role. And I, I do think with, with Derek White getting used to that role, he could average a lot of assists per night if he is given the chance to. I'm excited. We all know that I'm a big Derek White fan, so I, I mm. think he'll take this chance and run with it. So <clears throat> excited to see what he can do. Next thing, checking back in with the email. Just because we are done with the Dark Ages doesn't mean that we are going to stop checking in. So if you would like to get in contact with us, make sure to send us an email and we will definitely go over it. But we do have four emails from, you guessed it, RJ Johnson. Who else Who else would we have email from? Who else, right? Legend. Thank you, RJ. We're going to take a look. The first one, Brad Stevens' history analysis. We're not going to in-depth go through all of these, but... Um, I wrote about Brad Stevens style of GM. Uh, basically RJ just broke down Brad Stevens trade tendencies. And this kind of falls in line with, uh, what Philip asked us to talk about earlier. 
He said the purpose of this was to look back at how Brad, this is RJ, uh, at how Brad is traded, not in the sense of who won or lost the trade, but in the sense of his style for trading. I broke his trades into three basic types. Type one, I want my guy. Type two, I don't like the sandwich mom gave me. <laughs> want to trade. And type three, salary contract dump. Um, I assume he he then he went over the the trades he's made: Kemba Walker for Al Horford, uh, Moses Brown for Josh Richardson. Into the uh, <clears throat> exception, this was an I want my guy trade and a contract dump. Cleaning up from Danny, trading Thompson, all this stuff for getting random pieces. Trading Fournier, <clears throat> contract dump, contract dump. Um, I want my guy was the Al Horford trade, contract dump. Uh, two for one, Chris Don and Edwards for Juancho Hernan Gomez. I don't like the sandwich my mom gave me. <laughs> like many of these lunch bag swaps, neither team held on to any of the parts. The most value asset Boston uh, at this point was a 2026 second round swap, so useless. Um, <clears throat> another one of Bobo and Dozier to the Celtics. Again, nobody stuck in these situations. It was just kind of salary dump, move pieces around trade. Um, <clears throat> I want my guy was the Derek White trade. I want my guy and a contract dump was all the pieces for Daniel Tice. Uh, contract dump, Bobo and TJ Dozier. Signing pieces, packaging them. I want my guy for Malcolm Brogdon. Uh, contract dump, Noah Vonley. <clears throat> I want my guy, Mike Muscala. I want my guy, Kristaps Porzingis. And a contract dump with Grant Williams because they didn't want to pay him. So looking at this trade history, I'm convinced Brad Stevens has a clear understanding of the value of each player within the league. While Tatum Brown and Porzingis aren't going anywhere, we shouldn't be surprised if anyone else gets flipped for a player who Brad thinks makes the Celtics better than the people he's relinquishing. This may also explain why the team is auditioning so many wings, not only looking for the best guy to play, but maybe who has trade value. So I think that makes sense. I like the stylistic. Again, RJ is basically a producer for the show at this point. This is a ridiculous amount of work and we greatly appreciate you for it. Um, but I think those three styles of trades make sense. And uh, I never thought of the auditioning wings in that sense. And it, it makes a little sense why he would be uh, checking in on these guys. So <clears throat> thank you for the email, RJ. Yeah. Next email RJ sent us again. We have a bunch of them. Uh, simple filler idea. Check for Celtics birthdays on a date. Have the Matt, Matt the Rat serve some birthday cake. I wonder, this is a good idea. And this was obviously September 15th, which is when we were recording. Former Celtics, Sherman Douglas, Josh Richardson, uh, Dennis Schroeder, Jason Terry, all born today. <laughs> There's actually a lot of Celtics born on this day. Uh, so thank you for the update. Maybe we'll have to start checking uh, the birthday. So happy birthday to uh, all those Celtics legends. That's actually a lot of like significant Celtics <laughs> born on this date. Uh, so happy birthday to those people. Hot wings for training camp. Again, talking more about the Celtics wings. Nothing fills you up like an order of wings. So let's kick around the seven pack of guards and forwards currently under contract. Um, not counting Brown or Brogdon. Basically talking about the wings, working in reverse order, scrub or funk to get a full roster spot uh, to be considered. Um, then he basically talked about the wings, which we can discuss briefly here. Banton. Uh, or excuse me, if I were a wagering man, I would say that neither Sfi nor Banton gets axed because they're, neither of them are on standard deals or fully guaranteed, I should say. My guess is for who gets the regular wing time from least likely to most likely. Banton is least likely, mostly because I see his game as being more facilitator. Walsh, second least likely. He'll get minutes for energy burst, but 19-year-old needs time to develop. Hauser, third least likely, just a hair behind Mikhailu for no other reason than a gut hunch that there is something about his game Coach Missoula felt was lacking. Uh, when he didn't mm. get time in the playoffs, Mikhailu second most, 
new flavor guy and being a little taller than Hauser. Again, if these two are swapped, I wouldn't be surprised. Brissett is the most likely because all of the qualities in one good package, good energetic defense, and says the Celtics coaching staff, or he thinks the Celtics coaching staff can get his three-point shot up. I would probably lean Hauser probably gets the most minutes out of the guys just because he's been on the team and you saw how well he could play with the Stars last season. I understand why Brissett is first because I do think he's got the the long athletic wing thing down and that's probably what you want behind the Jays. But I just think Hauser would get that first nod because he was on the team last year. But I get the reasoning here at the very least because it was weird to see how uh, Missoula not throw him in the playoffs last year. I think Joe is a big familiarity guy. And I think that ties yeah. into why Hauser didn't get playoff minutes because in the past, Hauser did not play in the playoffs. So I really don't think Brissett's going to come in and body him for the minutes. Yeah. I think we're going to see a lot of Sam Hauser. All of the statistics tell you that Sam Hauser was excellent when he was actually given the chance to play last year. If you look at his starts, it's what, 14 points a game? throughout the regular season on like even yeah, better like, three point shooting than it is 12 to 14 yeah on average like he was really really good when he got real time so i would keep my eyes up for that he might be like the key off season addition that wasn't really an addition yeah i agree i agree i'm excited to see what he feels can do. to be able to give him input <laughs> as uh, my internet allows it Sam's computer has been putting him through the ringer for a while. Uh, we have one more email from RJ, but we're going to save that for the next pod. Do another email check. in. if any of you guys have other emails, you'd like to hear from us uh, or other thoughts or anything. We always check the email. So go hit us up there and we will make sure to get to that. <clears throat> the last thing we have in terms of the Celtics today uh, is the risk of trading Brogdon. Uh, Zach Buckley, Bleach Report wrote an article <laughs> saying one this. risk, uh, <laughs> one risk every team should take. Uh, Zach Buckley said, uh, and he said they should trade Brogdon for wing depth, propose Brogdon and a first for Dorian Finney-Smith and Royce O'Neal. Ironic that we are talking about that after we just went over the fact that the Celtics literally have six wings on their bench and are still interested in Lamar Stevens. Correct. Trading Brogdon for wings makes no sense. Zero. Negative sense. I wrote about this for Howard Houdini earlier in the week, and I'll tell you what, that's exactly what I had to say is – you're really going to offload one of your two main guards in exchange for two wings that you aren't even sure where you would use them. Yep. Like they can't both get backup minutes. They're both essentially backups. That's what their skill level is. Maybe they're fringe starters. I'm not saying that they suck. They're both very quality players, but with Tatum and Brown on the team and also now Porzingis where you can't even really slide Tatum down to the four. Yep. Where are you going to find minutes for them? And you're going to give a Brogdon and a first-round pick? Mind you, a first-round pick of a Warriors team that seems to be in some sort of turmoil where Chris Paul is dead set on starting and Steph Curry's going to start and so is Clay, so is Draymond, and you'd have to imagine Wiggins too, so they're going to roll out a 6-7 guy as their center every game? Yep. I'm not convinced the Warriors are going to be all that great this year. I'm worried about them too. It's weird. You might see some real regression from Draymond. You might see some real regression from Chris Paul, which is not a shock. Clay, he was okay towards the end of the year, but he sucked in the playoffs. He was bad against the Lakers. Curry's the only one you can really depend on right now. And Wiggins. I think Wiggins is still quality too. Wiggins is good. But when you have their draft pick, take advantage of it. It's only top four protected. So even if they're like kind of bad and miss the playoffs, but they're not the worst. You could be really getting a great asset here. Why would you screw around with this and trade it for Dorian Finney-Smith and Royce O'Neal? 
I don't think they'll miss the playoffs, but I do think it's more valuable. It's definitely more I valuable. Sure would like it pick, I think <laughs> would be nice. Get out your voodoo um, balls. Now, like we talked about earlier, the show, the only way the Celtics trade Brogdon is if something is going wrong by the trade deadline, he's going to be an important piece on this team. The only reason people consider trading him at the start of the summer is because the Celtics had three starting caliber guards. They don't anymore. They have a good two starting caliber guards and one's going to be the sixth man. You want to know why? Cause he's the reigning sixth man of the year. Um, and they have a chance to use him in a different way and let him play make more, which I think would be good. The only way I think you see him traded, though, is if the Celtics need more depth. And in that case, it would be, okay, are we missing some big man depth? And we need point guard depth still. Let's trade him for Kelly Olenek and Chris Dunn. Or let's trade him for Tyson and TJ McConnell. Like, you'd have to get another guard back in the trade. It doesn't have to be another star guard, starting caliber guard like Brogdon, because you're just not going to find that. But it would have to be get a guard back and also get somebody who can help you at a different position. I think that's the only way you see Brogdon get traded. And I don't think it would happen before the trade deadline. And the only way it would happen at the trade deadline is something is going wrong. I, I just I, there's I don't think there is it or or if Brogdon says I want out like that's the only other one or like D'Anthony Melton and Paul Reed. Right. That, those are the only scenarios I can see the Celtics saying, OK, let's consider trading Brogdon. I'd really appreciate it if they didn't have to trade Brogdon because yeah. I mean, things are going well. Yep. <laughs> Which they sure as hell better after what I went through this summer. So is this trade it? Absolutely not. Because even in the case that things are going wrong, this, this is what you're going to do. This is what you're mm -hmm. going to do. You know, get Dorian Finney-Smith and Royce O'Neal, and that'll make everything okay. That's slapping the duct tape on the mm -hmm. leaking like thing of water as it mm -hmm. sprays all over the room. And you're just like, fixed it. It's the flex seal. That's what it is. It's yeah. not going to help you. I and agree. you're going to have to give up draft capital. And we've seen Brad Stevens loves draft picks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I, it's just that trade specifically is not worth it. And the I Warriors don't think, team, uh, by the way, hmm. that's looking to bring in Dwight Howard. <laughs> yeah, Ooh. Warriors worked out Dwight Howard uh, recently. They have two roster spots open currently. They have 13 players on the roster. They changed their bench a lot this summer. Lost Dante DiVincenzo. Lost Anthony mm. Lamb. Lost Ty Jerome. Lost a lot of these Where guys. Where did the Lamb go? He's just free agent I think right now. I guess they didn't lose him. They just said, see you later, buddy. Yeah, they lost him off. The, he's, he's gone off the bench. Um, But yeah, they're bringing in Dwight Howard, considering him for a roster spot. Somebody, I think it was Harrison Fagan, who's the SB Nation NBA director on Twitter, said Tw Dwight Howard and Chris Paul can finally play together. Adam Silver be damned, uh, which is funny, but uh. Yeah, weird that Warriors I, – I think the Warriors are going to have enough problems already. I don't think Chris Paul and Draymond Green will get along. Bringing in Dwight Howard just seems like a terrible plan. <laughs> they traded one guy that Draymond punched in the face for another that he might end up punching in the face. Mm -hmm. I think Dwight is one of the most interesting people or, or personalities surrounding the NBA right now because he's kind of funny. Mm. He said yeah. – he Something. wants to play for Team USA just to tie, tie in more Dwight Howard stuff in this 24 Olympics where they're bringing the Avengers. And he mm -hmm. said, if not, then he's going to play for Taiwan and shoot all the shots and score 85 points a game. <laughs> and then he did the video telling everybody to learn Chinese. Like he was inviting Clay and Jordan Poole yeah, over to yeah, play yeah, in yeah. Taiwan with him. I don't know. I, I almost kind of like Dwight Howard. He has really cool highlights if you go and look at him. But right now, is he going to help you win? Probably not. Celtics go get him so we can react to Dwight highlights. No, <laughs> you know what's weird about no. Dwight, seriously, yeah. is that he's not still effective. Because if you look at Dwight Howard, he's still as in shape as he ever was, 
And his game is really, really simple where he's just a defensive anchor and he's athletic yeah. and he's still both of, he's still strong and he's still sure as hell athletic. Like he should still be effective. I, I think, think he's he just kind of got screwed by the game changing. I think he's just slow. I think it's the same reason DeAndre Jordan's not great. He's just too slow. Like DeAndre Jordan's built the same. He's just as big. He's just as strong and he's still an NBA roster, but um, I don't know. I also think Dwight Howard wants more of a role than teams are willing to give him. I mean, he's talking about, he wants to shoot dude, all the I'll shots in Taiwan. Why not dude? <laughs> I just think he'll want to play too much. I think he's still eyeing minutes and I don't think those minutes are there. Dwight Howard, <laughs> who was in that. an episode of never have I ever. What is that? I don't know what that is. It's a Netflix show, oh. but it, they, they had the final season and it was the first yeah. episode. And I was like, Oh my God, that's Dwight Howard. I can't believe he's in the show. <laughs> Dwight Howard, man. He's, he's some, he's a character. Uh, next thing we have checking in on the Damian Lillard situation. Cause I know, uh, I'd rather Sam kill myself. <laughs> uh, <Woj>, Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN said, my sense is that the Blazers have done a lot more talking with teams in the last say 10 to 14 days that they did probably mm. at least a month plus prior. Big part of that is the league is back to work now after Labor Day and training camp is starting to approach. <laughs> and that's the next real deadline in this process. But I think Portland, what they've been trying to do is see how they can put together multi-team deals that would get them assets that they would want. Draft picks, young players. There might be a team that their best asset is a veteran player that doesn't interest the Blazers. But then there's a third team who might want to take on that veteran and then send, whether it's a young guy or picks or something, to Portland. And I think they've been in communication with a lot of teams trying to find a structure of a deal that can get Damian Lillard trade done. We'll see now how much traction they can get between now and the start of training camp. And like I was saying the last time we talked about Dame, the tra- training camp is like the next big let's get a trade done deadline because you want to have all your guys together. You want to build that chemistry. You want to get it done. You want sh- you don't just want to throw things together at the deadline. Um, so I think you'll see a damn trade in the next couple of weeks, but uh, then it'll finally be over. Then we don't have to talk. About I hope it it's to Utah. Still rooting for Danny because <laughs> I just want to see him miserable. He doesn't deserve to get his way after this whole summer of dragging his feet and kicking and screaming and then pretending like he wasn't kicking and screaming. I think it does make sense for this to be the window where it's the most active for trade talks. Like you said, teams are trying to get everything squared away before they actually start planning out their schemes, getting their guys used to playing together. Together, You would ideally not want to throw him in the mix mid-season if you don't have to. Um, I wonder who the other teams are that aren't Miami. That's a good question. I mean, if you really want to look at like, we don't have to go in depth and say, perhaps, like maybe, maybe OKC's like, well, Shay's there, and then we have all these other guys that we're eventually going to have to decide w- whether or not we want to keep. Mm. But if I I'm OKC, I'm not. If I'm OKC, I'm not doing that. I, you I'd jump the gun wait. on that if you're OKC. Yeah, I think Brooklyn makes some sense. They have no reason to be bad, and uh, true. you have Ben Simmons as a trade piece that you could trade. Um, <clears> ship him off somewhere else if uh, Portland doesn't want to take him on. They have draft capital too to trade that they could be worth it to other teams. Cam Thomas is a nice young piece. A couple rookies in there. Um, the Pelicans, maybe, if you want to pair Dame and CJ back together, you can trade Zion or Brandon Ingram, and then that'd probably be a pretty quality team. Um, <clears throat> past that, I don't know. The Timberwolves, like, did they want Kat? I want them to expand the league now so there's more teams that can trade for them that aren't the heat <laughs> do you think would the tim would would you take on cat if you're the the blazers let's see what do you have now you have scoot scoot simon you have shady and sharp you have simons jeremy grant i actually wouldn't hate that if i'm yeah. the blazers like that yeah. kind of gives you an avenue to be competitive sooner rather than later 
Like, yeah. depending on how good Scoot is, people in the summer league raved about him, and people leading up to the draft raved about him. Simons has shown he can play enough to where he earned a contract extension. Sharp is somebody that everyone's excited about as well. So that's three guys to be your one through three. If you bring in Cat and you put him at center or at the four, mm-hmm. he should give you a little bit of extra oomph on your team well, to maybe get you in the play-in mix. Yeah, I mean, as guys. much as yeah, and as much as you want to mock the contract, like it's not a good contract, but running out a lineup of Scoot Henderson, Anthony Simons, Shaden Sharp, Jeremy Grant, and Carl Anthony Towns. Like, that's a competent basketball team, right? You have those three young guys at the one, two, three who might not be great, but Jeremy Grant could hold down the defense as much as the contract's bad. And and cat cat's a fine four, like five man. Um, and be an okay lineup. And then have some some young bench players. The only issue with a trade like that is Minnesota doesn't have any draft capital to offer them. So they wouldn't be able to get picks in return because they traded this all for Rico Bear. Um, but if I'm in, if I'm Minnesota, pairing Dave with Anthony Edwards is at least intriguing. Uh, the Clippers maybe thing huh. that was like there's no Rudy Gobert like yes. package for Dame, and I was like, Damn. yeah, like imagine being Dame, and they're like, man, nobody wants, nobody thinks him as good as Rudy. Well, it's not that they don't think he's as good. There's, it, I think it just quite literally means there isn't one available. Like th- there aren't any teams that can offer that much stuff for a guy like him. Um, in general, like the Clippers, maybe, maybe you're, if you're the Clippers, you say, okay, we'll give you these pieces, two future picks and, and a bunch of like role players that'll be off the book soon. Maybe you like that better than Tyler here. Hero. Cause you already have two guards. Uh, <laughs> Deandre Aiden. <laughs> Imagine the Suns just roll out three guards and Kevin Durant. Yeah. It'd be too much. <clears throat> they don't mm. have picks either. I don't know. It's definitely where it's the Raptors make sense. Like the Raptors would probably be a good team, but they were literally the examples. Sham said like, they may yeah. go in there. <laughs> Dallas should just trade Kyrie for him. It'd be fire. I mean, I know you're a big magic guy. I think they have a probably pretty good package. No, I truly think they have one of the more intriguing scenarios, but I don't think they're ready yet. Mm-hmm. I think if I'm Orlando, I want to see what I have with Paolo and Franz playing together after a season. Plus, you yep. throw in Jet Howard and Anthony Black in the draft and see what you have there before you blow anything up. Like, you're kind of in the same boat or similar boat to OKC, who has a ton of young guys that are all talented. But you want to figure out a little bit more of which ones work with which ones. And then you yeah. can start to consolidate them into another player. Mm-hmm. Agree. Uh, the only other one I saw, what was it? Uh, the Knicks. The Knicks have so many draft picks. They they could literally throw the farm of draft picks uh, at the Blazers, but you already have Jalen Brunson, so the fit there would be questionable. But uh, yeah, we'll see. Also, we we missed it. We were talking about Dwight Howard. Usman Garuba signed a two way with the Warriors. He's somebody we talked about for a Celtics contract, but uh, that's not there anymore. Um, speaking of contract, Jared Vanderbilt signed a contract extension with the Lakers, four years, forty eight million dollars. There's not too much to discuss here. That it's probably a pretty good deal, and as much as we don't like the Lakers on this podcast and we're not supposed to Lakers had a damn good off season. Like that is, they're going to be a really good team. Like they, they they're going to be Thomas... <clears throat> okay. I, what do you mean? Okay. <laughs> I think they're going to be okay. Like, I don't think, I think they're going to be, I think they're in the second tier of the West. I'm not saying they're going to be bad by any stretch, but I think they're like, <sighs> I want to, I, I almost want to be like Nick's West where like they're competitive, but they don't really strike fear into anybody. LeBron's another year older. He's coming off that foot thing. You have to see how well he's going to recover from that. Is Anthony mm-hmm. Davis going to be healthy the whole season? Is he going to want to be the number one? The list goes on. I think they're a top five team in the West. 
Like that's I, I what mean, I mean. Like that's sure. that's fine. But like, okay. are you picking them as the favorites? I'd put them more Sixers West than Knicks West. I think they're similar at this point, <laughs> just because of Philly's like downgrade and Harden being upset. Eh. Philly last year. I know no, what I'm not you mean. Philly. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just think you look at the way the Lakers played last year, and this is just tangent I was talking about earlier uh, when I was in the Celtics Lab podcast. Like <clears throat> the Lakers were really good in the second half of the season once they traded Westbrook. Not only do they have that same roster and they're going to be able to build on that continuity heading into next year, they got a really good bench now. Gabe Vincent, great signing. Rui Hachimura is going to have a full season there. They can trade D'Angelo Russell for more pieces if they want or just run him out because Austin Reeves is going to take a jump and he can run the point for them. Christian Wood's a good signing, even though he doesn't play defense. He doesn't need to play defense because you have a Jared Vanderbilt. <laughs> like You can just have him pick his spots. And then you have two young guys like Jackson Hayes and Cam Reddish. I don't know. As much as we're not supposed to like the Lakers here, I'm really, I think they're going to be a really good team next year. Which I think they're going to suck. Just to play devil's advocate here, I sure. think they'll suck. Like sure. LeBron, old, Anthony Davis, soft, made of glass. Gabe Vincent, not in the heat system anymore, so he's going to suck. Austin Reeves, fake playoffs. Uh, Vanderbilt can't shoot, but he is in a good contract. That's the grant contract, pretty much. Uh, mm-hmm. Jackson Hayes, there's a reason why New Orleans let him go. That's for damn sure. Oh, Christian Wood's your savior? He's a bum, never made the playoffs. You're going to get the Christian Wood curse now. He sucks. He's a losing player. Like him, Zach Levine, handshake, losers. You know you're the Go worst. Go get Zach right? Levine too. Your team will suck even worse. <laughs> you're the worst. Uh, we mean you're Mr. Devil's Advocate. I do it once and you get all upset. Yeah, the difference is when I do it, it's because I have a different opinion. You just do it to be a dick. <laughs> no, I, I have a different opinion. I would. I don't think the Lakers are going to be that great. You're an asshole. Uh, the Hawks reportedly tried to trade DeAndre Hunter this summer. This comes from friend of the pod, Jake Fisher. Fisher, excuse me, of Bleacher like Report that. now, right? He moved. Eyeballs. Bleacher Report. Um, Is he Bleacher Report? No, he's Yahoo. No, he moved from Yahoo to Bleacher Report, I thought. According to Jake Fisher of Yahoo Sports, it literally says on the show. Oh, he, it was the opposite. Sorry. Past Bleacher Report. Now, him and Chris hmm. Haynes swapped, and I always get confused as to where they switched to. Um, Yahoo won the trade. <laughs> uh DeAndre Hunter is coming off the highest scoring season career. According to Jake Fisher, Atlanta discussed moving the forward to multiple teams. The Pacers and Pistons were part of those trade talks, but a deal didn't happen. I, I, I have to imagine Detroit. Yeah, Detroit's Ooh. making moves. I wonder if this was before they traded John Collins. I wonder if this was going to be their salary Maybe. dump John Collins deal. DeAndre Hunter's a good player, though. I don't like why, why I don't know why they would try to trade him. He fits in well with what they're doing as a three and D guy. He can have a couple good playoff games when you need him to. He's under a good contract, like 20 mil a season for four years. Like, I don't know why they try to trade him. I, I mean, I'd like him on the Celtics. Well, the Celtics it's because they wanted to get both Bogdanoviches on the same team, which would actually be like a war crime because then imagine being the play by play guy. Yeah. Just <laughs> like shit. Now, which one was that? Was that Bogdan or Boyan? I don't know. It's interesting. What it would probably have been Bogdanovich for the Pistons, but like, what would they have given up if you're the Pacers? Like, what is that? Tra- Buddy Heald? Like, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, probably Buddy Heald. Tyson McConnell, Turner. It just it's very weird because you would have to assume it would have been a. Uh, I assume it would have been a, excuse me, a salary dump deal instead of trading John Collins. I don't know though. Very weird. Very weird. Anyways, that was about it. Uh, let's move on. Sam, your Reddit post of the day. What do you got? Reddit post of the day. This one spoke to me because when I first read it, I thought it meant something else, but we're going to roll with it anyways. So Reddit user 
Oh, it just says United States photo. They don't have a username for this post. Oh, yes, they do. Unhinged Supernova <laughs> posts to the r slash NBA community. Who are some of the fakest shooters in the NBA? A fake shooter is a type of NBA player who is perceived to be a quote-unquote shooter, but is actually not and is very inconsistent, if not really bad at shooting the ball. So when I first read this, I thought it was like, oh, Caleb Martin, when he fake shot the, the Celtics <laughs> out of the playoffs. Sure. Uh, Unhinged Supernova says, I think Max Struess and Malik Beasley are examples of fake shooters. Any off the top of your head? I don't think Max Struess is fair. I think he had a worse season, but like when people were calling him a shooter, he mm-hmm. was shooting like 40% from deep. Trey Young is the obvious one. He's not a, He's not an efficient shooter. He's a volume shooter. There's a difference. Like Steph Curry is a okay. volume shooter, but also shoots like 40%. Trey Young, <clears throat> what Trey Young shoot from three this season? Trey Young shot 34, 33.5% from three this season, 34 he's rounded just, up. He's just ding, chucking. Ding, ding. He's Price chucking. is right. He, he was efficient two years ago. He shot 38% on eight attempts a game, but like his career sh- three point percentage is 35. Like he's not like some elite shooter. He just takes a lot of them. <clears throat> so that's my first my answer. Pick? <clears throat> yeah. Jason Tatum. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the same as uh, the Trey Young argument. He didn't shoot very well this year, but he'd like, he's historically a good three point shooter. It's just these past two years, he's gone for volume over efficiency. And I would like to see him get back to the, op- the, the line. I don't want to see the volume. Jason Tatum's too versatile to just rely on threes and settle. That's, that's why I think it's a big problem for me because I don't want to see him stepping away and taking fall away threes. If he doesn't have to mm-hmm. Jason Tatum has the most gigantic shoulders you'll ever see. I started going to the gym because I wanted to look like him go to the basket. <laughs> I think, uh, Selling around the seven and a half to eight range, like two years ago, 2020, 2021, he shot seven and a half, 7.63, he shot 38.6%. I think he shot 9.3 this year and 8.6 year before. Yeah. I think seven and a half, eight's the good range, especially if he's taking like 21 shots a game. That means he'd be taking like eight threes and 13 twos. I think that's a, a fine ratio because the, the three, Celtics like, should do an getting. only dunks offense. <laughs> Absolutely. The highest not. percentage shot in the game. <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, other fake shooters. That's so interesting. I top, think the top yeah. answer. Former Celtic, you want to guess? I saw it already. Go ahead. Jay Crowder. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I think it makes sense. Um, other shooters. This is a good question. I mean, I'm looking at um he's I just almost went out to... of the league, but Cam Reddish mm. is the epitome of this. Mm. I went to um league leaders and looked at attempts. Malik Beasley mm. took eight threes a game last year. <laughs> That's speaking crazy. of. Malik yeah. is making 38% on seven attempts a game since he started getting fu- uh, getting minutes five seasons ago. And they're not easy attempts e- either. If I could fucking read. This was the only year where he shot average on open slash wide open threes. Mm-hmm. Last year, 40%. 2021, 43%. 2020, 41%. 2019, 41%. This leads me back, not back, but I remembered something that I learned last week. Did you know? that the new NBA basketballs have like this weird skeleton in them now that is no. not all air pressure. It's like they have like rubber to, to perpetually inflate the ball. Look it up when they changed no, know, from yeah. Spalding to Wilson, the ball changed like that. And mm. if you want a tinfoil hat, this just examples we've thrown out there so far, Trey young, 38% down to 34 Tatum, career around 38 down to 33 ish now Malik Beasley fell off a cliff this season to where he was brought up in this conversation three guys must yeah. be true 
<laughs> this is a big thing when the switch was first made. I remember writing about it. Like a lot of people were upset at the ball. A lot of people were shooting worse. I, think I was at a party. Brought it back, but and somebody was like, "Do you know about this?" And I was like, "Wait, what?" I was like, "I didn't know that was a thing." I was like, "If I yeah, knew I about know. that, I would be like, well, that's why the Celtics suck is because they changed the ball." <clears throat> Another person who fell off, RJ Barrett, fell off shooting the ball in a major way. Two years ago, forty percent from three. Year next, thirty-four. This year, thirty-one. You know what happened yeah, is they put ball. fans back in the stands. <laughs> TJ Warren, fake shooter. That's uh, fucked. He hurt yeah. himself, dude. <laughs> Some respect. Good one. Uh, all right, you ready for rat list? Should we move on? Yeah, rat list. Why not? All right, you lead it off. What you got? Good Reddit post. Good Reddit post. <laughs> all right. First rat list for me. I don't want to close with the one I put first. I, I want to close with the one I put first. So I'm, okay. I'm not gonna, go ahead. I'm not going to go with it. Before we started the show, I went and got a coffee at a local place. I'm not like Jack. I don't just only go to chains. I support small businesses. Good guy. Eat shit. Uh, I, w- well, I basically did. They fucking didn't have any vanilla donuts, dude. They had only chocolate frosting. So I had to. So, so Sam, who just said he was a saint, just took the time to shit on a local business instead of supporting it. Is basically the the line of. Well, no, I still, I still bought a donut. I still gave them my business, and I'll be back because their vanilla donuts are excellent. They are top tier, rivaling, rivaling alleys, one of Mm -hmm. the finest donut establishments in all the land. Mm. Alleys who makes donut cakes. Have you ever had donut cake? No. Oh, it is the best cake. Is. It's just a gigantic donut. I'll send it to you. I'll send you because when I oh, left my last job, they got me a donut cake. Mm. And it was the most glorious thing you'll ever see, dude. Like <laughs> just a gigantic vanilla frosted donut with sprinkles. Mm. <clears throat> but it was in the shape of a shamrock. The hell is it? Mm-hmm. I have so many damn pictures of my phone. I got to clean up my phone. It's coming. <laughs> there it is. I'm just texting it to you. You don't have to pull it up. That's fine. That's fine. No, I mean, I get the concept. It sounds good. I was heartbroken, dude. I walked in and I was like, damn, going to have chocolate frosted today. <laughs> tough. The tough life of Sam. Uh, I'll rattle my aunt's dog. Um, so I've been going, I've mm. mentioned it here. I've been going out uh, over there to let them out <clears throat> um, to eat or to like just go outside and I feed one. Whenever I pet one of them, her name is Woody. It's a good dog. The other one who is a puppy bites her the other dog like just doesn't let me pet one of them like i go to give one attention he's like nope 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 bites like her in the that. face like, i like he's, that he's you such an show asshole his boss sometimes he's such an asshole he sees the worst uh doesn't let me put his food down he always starts eating it out of my hand before i put it down like all this he's just and he's a puppy so i get it but he's just he's a dick i, I just the worst that would be Rattles. me if i was an only child like if i had like a sibling and they started getting more love than me i'd probably bite them too mm-hmm. you have to respect the the claim to the throne this is the the puppy that feels entitled to be the top dog the alpha dog it's a real thing the in their their mindsets the worst it's like a younger sibling. It's the worst. Did you see the donut Ouch. cake? I saw you looking. I did. It, it looked yeah. good. It did look good. Yeah. Big shamrock. <laughs> like Shaq when he was on the Celtics. Uh, rat list. The people when you play pickup ball that kind of play too hard. Not in the sense of like. Henry. Yeah. Kind of like Henry. <laughs> where like they're kind of like a little too physical with you. And it's like, Henry. all right, like I don't know you that well. Henry. Like when you play with your friends, it's a little de- like there's no problem with like trying and in and, and playing like legitimate defense, but 
but like I got clawed on Wednesday. Like I have a scratch on my arm from some guy that I don't yeah. know. What yeah. are you doing? We're all here to have fun. Henry's is uh he will knock you over trying to box you out for a rebound. He'll just push you to the ground. See I later. love the box out guys. <clears throat> out on it. Out. Out no, I don't on like the box out guys. Yeah. I don't I I don't box out out of respect. I, boxing out I is one thing but like i'll be running like i'll be like at the three-point line i'll be waltzing i'll be like jogging in to like try to get yeah. the rebound and henry hits you with the hip check it's just to go down and then call a foul on him <laughs> teach him a lesson it's true you gotta or start just tell him a good joke and he'll collapse and you won't get a foul call <laughs> that is uh, just the funniest like ailment i've ever heard it's so fucked it's so fucked <laughs> The best is like oh. you're like yeah my mom used to ground us because we would we would make them <laughs> laugh on purpose he would just be he would be frozen on the ground and she had to get us to stop. He takes meds for it now. He's fine now, but it's uh you're definitely we were definitely dicks about it when you were. Is there a ball this weekend Henry by the way? Ratlist. He tried to he tried to screw me in the league. What did he offer train. you? What did he offer? He offered you? me Brandon Cooks for one of the waiver wire guys I picked up after I read a waiver wire article to see who the best guys were. Who'd you get? I don't know this. I got uh, some running back from the Chargers or the Rams. The Rams. And, oh, Kyron Williams. Yeah, that guy. And yeah, I picked yeah, him yeah. up. And then Henry was like, "Here's Brandon Cooks," and I was like, "No." <laughs> you know, you can never get a deal done, and like no one will ever say yes. If I like never it. do fantasy football trades. I'm just like, no, like this is my yeah, team. That sounds right. That sounds that sounds like a Sam thing. Um, is there ball Sunday? By the way, I forgot to ask you. I just asked you on the podcast now uh, because that's when I remember. I assume, so. but I don't know. Well, it's fine. I'll ask you later. Um, I had a rat list, but I can't remember. Shoot. Um. Oh, rat list. Oh, good. I was in a rat list, Duncan, because the app isn't working, and I know it's oh. it's like fine because I can just order there, but I have a bunch of like. I've loaded up my rewards. I'm like, oh, I've got these points. I'm going to use them. It just won't let me order on the app anymore right now. Like, it's just glitching, and it's down, and it says it says they're out of the, the cold brew that I get, but then I go to the window. Oh, look at that. They have it. It's right here. So I, it's pissing me off. I don't know why it's not working. Um, the uh, the points are a big one, though. Like, you wouldn't want to lose that. Good point. That's what I'm saying. Do you have any more, or should I close? You can do your anti-rat list, then your closer. I think. I'm oh, gonna... yeah. I forgot I had the anti-rat list. What was it? You were going to come oh, for me. Anti-rat list. Uh, government. So I was supposed to have jury duty on Monday. I got jury duty. I and need to reschedule. <clears throat> I got to reschedule. But we don't get to reschedule, but they canceled it. They can't, I got a text today. It said cancel your jury. But rat list to them. They sent me the thing less than two weeks out from my jury duty. Yeah, I need to check when mine is. I forget. I think it's the end of September. It's the end of September. Guess they're trying to send me to fucking Fall River, which is like an hour and a half Ooh. away from my house. What are we doing? Fall River is an hour and a half from you. You just get on twenty four. You go south. Maybe a, maybe a little over than an hour, but there's like stuff significantly closer than me that I could go to. But it just sent me to Fall River. Because so you're I'm in Bristol re- County, that's where the courts are. Yeah, out out on that. I, I'm not not gone. I was mad as hell when they sent me the jury duty thing. I was like, damn, like I, I have it like next week. Yeah, jury duty sucks. I, I need to reschedule. Anyways, you can you can close. That's all I got. So this is like a colossal rat list. This is a universal rat list. This is a general rat list. But it happened mm-hmm. to me today. Rat list to any pedestrian who does not wave to you when you let them walk. This happened to me yesterday. Yeah. Yes. Good rat yeah. list. This is. I big. was in the stop and shop parking lot today, and this guy, he's like ready to cross, so like I don't like you know, force my way. I was like, yeah, go ahead. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's different than when you're on 
the regular street driving and there's a pedestrian waiting, even though you're technically supposed to always let them go, mm-hmm. which I don't really, under- I think we need to put pedestrians in check, to be honest with you. But well, I'll get into that a little bit after I finish this. Mm-hmm. So I let him go. He walks past me, doesn't really acknowledge me, and he's with his son. So this is a double rat list, because not only is he not waving to me and showing respect that I yielded to him, he is but he's also <laughs> ushering it into a second generation of rats. <laughs> he's creating a miniature rat of, uh, we don't have sure. to wave to people when they let us cross, Jimmy. No, don't worry about that. I think yeah, I okay. really think we need to put pedestrians in check. There are people, <laughs> they just walk out in front of you, dude. They don't care. They got headphones on. I, yeah. I'm a runner, so I run on the streets, and I'm so like mindful of who's around me, where cars are coming out of. Are they coming out of parking lots? They're coming out of side streets, and I always go around the back. You know why? Because it's so much easier for me to maneuver my feet to get around a car than a car to have to completely stop what they're doing to try and mm-hmm. accommodate me. Yep. I think pedestrians need to be held accountable a bit more. <clears throat> maybe, maybe more fines for the pedestrians, less tickets for drivers. I agree. I was pulling down my street and there were these two uh, moms like walking their kids, right? Whatever. They go across the street and I, I'm stopped. I let them go. I give them like, I, they look at me. I like smile and then just look away. No, no wave, no smile, no mm. nothing back. I'm like, that's when I, you just mow them down. I, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah. I was like, what the fuck are we doing? Like, uh, you're just going to keep like, at least just, just put a, all I'm asking for is a little. Yeah. Thank you. Like a little hand up. Just a little hand up. Yeah. Yeah. Assholes. And the other, the other thing is like, it's it's harder to notice and maybe you just miss it because you're in cars. But like when you let somebody go or you let somebody in or something, they give you a nice little wave or something. Like yeah. you 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 yourself become a rat because you just feel like being a nice person. And I know this doesn't happen often. I know you mm-hmm. don't definitely don't do this. But like if I'm driving and I'm on a super busy street and I see there's nobody behind me for a little bit, but there are hella people coming this way, I'll be like, okay, I'll stop. This person is inching their way out anyways. Well, if they're halfway in the street, I'll just be like, whatever. And I, I don't like come to a full stop, but I'll like slow down a little bit to let them go out. No wave, no nothing. Just go like, please give me a little wave. I'm just, I'm, I am putting myself. If there's on no the one behind you, you should never, ever stop. You should just keep going. I understand the circumstance where you said yeah. there's a small window. Maybe it's not, maybe that's the wrong example, but you know what I'm saying? When there is a small enough window and you yourself slow down. The only time I do is if there's waiting. a stoplight and we're all going to be stopped anyway, I'll like mm. make the room for them to go. Okay. Yeah, sure. But there needs to be more. Yeah. Just be wait, just wave. Give yourself a little wave. Come on. The wave is important. It's a sign of respect. Agreed. The Jeep people do it. They get like rock hard for the wave. <clears throat> yeah, Jeep wave is weird. Uh, Jeeps are the weirdest thing ever. Have I mm-hmm. bitched about this before? The rubber duckies? Mm, yes, 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 yeah. yes. So people like that drive Jeeps, they put rubber duckies on other Jeeps. Like Ray has like a whole yeah, line weird. of rubber duckies on his dashboard. Oh, it's the lamest yeah. thing ever. Because not only, like, is it lame in general, but he doesn't even own the Jeep. Like, he leases it. Like, you should have to own the Jeep to get in on all the Jeep stuff. Like, the Jeep people should have a way of knowing that he's not, like, a real Jeep owner, and they should actually look down on him. Does Ray also put rubber duckies on other people's Jeeps? Or does he just take them? Yeah, I think you're supposed to duck people. That's what they call it. Weird. It is weird. Uh, I know you wanted to close with it, but I just, uh, and it's not a long one. It's the same thing as last time. This weather sucks, man. Out on the weather. This weather is what so weather is it today? Well, we're supposed to get like a big hurricane again tomorrow. Like we're supposed it's to get be a big regular rainstorm. Like, rainstorm. Relax. I know, but it still sucks because I'm supposed to golf. and I can't golf anymore. Well, maybe your ankle will heal. Fuck you. <laughs> Ratlist. Uh, uh, 
that people are acting like the world's ending with a hurricane. But also, the hurricane's not the problem. It's just that anti-rat list. And and mm. we can we can close with this. Today I went outside to go to the gym, and there was a cool, crisp air, mm-hmm. letting me know that basketball is not that far away. <laughs> I was like, oh, we're close. This doesn't feel like there, it's man. felt for three months. I might have to there, wear man. a long sleeve today. Are you a uh, iced coffee to hot coffee guy? Or are you no. one type all year round? You iced coffee all year round? Okay. Yeah. I, I, I'm a fast like consumer of food or drink. Mm. I can't consume a hot beverage fast. See, I enjoy having like, I, I'm a hot coffee guy in the winter. I'm like a seasonal, like all iced coffee when it's hot out, hot coffee when mm. it's cold out. And it, I, I enjoy getting a pumpkin spice guy, pumpkin coffee, fire. It, love it. Uh, apple crisp coffee today mm. did you get it from starbucks i know they have one i see it on no board i got it go. from my local place again <laughs> okay uh where you defer uh <laughs> i just i like getting the hot coffee because then i'm working and i'll have it and i can like sip from it i enjoy the hot coffee and we're, we're coming to the months and basketball is back so it's good but i, I don't i don't i can't do the hot co- i don't even really care for like hot it. chocolate that much it's okay it's okay hot chocolate Overrated. I'm not a hater on hot chocolate. It's overrated, though. I, I agree. It's just, I never really work it into uh, yeah. my day. Mm-hmm. You know what's good? It's coming up. I, we got a couple months, but eggnog. Are you an eggnog guy? Eggnogs. Love it. Hold on, on. Stand by. I would like to see <laughs> something. Did we? Did, did I unlock something here when I mentioned that? No. I just <laughs> I have this same like thoughts on it. I just really want to know what it is. Okay, so <laughs> you don't know I'm what eggnog ruin is? Eggnog for at least some people. Eggnog. Mm. If you have a half of cup of eggnog, it is 170 calories. Get the fuck out of here with your calories. I ruined it. I ruined these little like snack things that my girlfriend really likes yeah, from Costco. I, I told this. Worst. I'm gonna tell it yeah, again because we might have new worst. listeners. But. She has like a bag when I'm sitting in the room. She's like, I love these. Like, they're like my favorite snack. And I like flip the bag over. I'm like, you know, if you have one of these, it's 100 calories. I will plug something. Maybe You're the worst. You're these, the worst. These are protein bars, these these Cliff Bar things. And they taste like Thin Mints. And they're literally the best food ever. <laughs> You're the worst. You and your calorie counting ass. The worst. <laughs> Dude, If you get if you get used to it, it's so easy. You get in a routine. You know how Fresh. much stuff. It, fire. How much is that? Fire. 70. That's not bad. <clears throat> Love it. I got my uh, my Diet Coke addiction. That's zero. Fire. It is zero. Yeah. Put your ass at zero. I always get like skeptical of the zero things, though, like like Halo Top ice cream. Halo yeah. Top ice cream. I can eat a pint of ice cream. It's 300 calories. I'm like, am I going to like start having acne everywhere from eating this? That is 140. Now. 130 close <clears throat> good try out on the calorie counting i got pay these payday payday underrated candy i'd never had a payday till like two weeks ago these shirts are fire anyways all right we we, we random filibustered enough uh yeah, thank y'all for watching <laughs> thank y'all for watching how about them celtics we appreciate you thank you for listening uh make sure to tune in with us like i said we're gonna keep the same schedule we're gonna be at it for the regular season then the postseason we'll be back to our post game shows because it is the playoffs you bet your ass will be there but we got to get to the regular season first so keep on tuning in we appreciate you subscribe to how about the celtics check us out on apple and spotify leave us five stars there and leave a review we appreciate it and leave us a comment tell us what you want us to talk about comment email dm any of that stuff will be there we appreciate mm. you i'll let sam get us out do all the stuff jack said subscribe to the youtube follow us on the streaming services spotify apple you can find us there leave a five-star review say something nice 
back to the YouTube. Make sure you hit the notification bell. Don't miss any of our daily uploads. They're coming at you. You can also leave comments, leave likes. We do appreciate it. You can find us on socials at How About Them Seas. We're active there again. The Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok are all that handle. Facebook is just the name of the podcast. You can follow Jack on Twitter at Jack Simone NBA. You can follow me at Sam LaFrance NBA. That's it for us. Bye. Check, check, go.